Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, welcome to this week's interview, and I am sitting here with Dr. Jonathan Ford, who is from Nashville, Tennessee, slash California. <laughs> I'm sitting here with Dr. Amy Connor, who is actually from Nashville, Tennessee, and that's it. No, we also have JP here, John Pasha Schnitz. Pasha Schnitz. Close, Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> From Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, And we're just finishing up our second weekend of our digital implant continuum. And uh, so I decided we got a couple of hours before our flight that it would be good to sit down and talk. So um, uh, let's start with, um, well, let's start with the number one news right now, okay? And that's the corona. And no, I'm not talking about the beer, obviously. We're talking about the virus. And Jonathan, talk to me about... Number one, tell us where you're from, what type of practice you have, and then talk to us about uh, the corona, your perspective on it, uh, like your fears and stuff. So I am a general dentist in Huntington Beach, California, so down south. Um, We're in down south right now, just so you know. Okay, okay you can't. So, sorry, let me clarify. You southern, cannot say southern, that. southern California. <laughs> As I get my drawl going. Y'all. <laughs> Um, uh, I have an associate. I have a periodontist that work uh, work at my practice. Is that um, how long is your periodontist there for? Once a week, once a month, uh, every every other Wednesday. So other about week. twice a month. Twice a month. Okay, great. Um, as far as the coronavirus goes, I think it's just the unknown. Okay. Um, I think we have to look at the health of our staff, the health mm-hmm. of our patients, your team. Yes. Uh, and how we're going to deal with um, a shutdown if there is a possibility of shutdown. So how does that play? So what, what, when, when all this started, what was your first thought? My first thought was, uh, one, is this, is it something that we truly have to take seriously? Okay, so in other words, is it real? Is is it media hype? Yes. Any of that stuff. Okay, great. Second is, are there any further precautions that we have to take since we have our PPE, protective personal equipment? Um, Are there going to be any protocols that we need to implement above and beyond that? Um, And how we then uh, communicate that to our patients and communicate that to our team members. When did money come into your mind or the potential shutdown or the, the economic effect of this? I think in the last couple of days. Okay. When school started shutting down, uh, when, uh, when, when school started shutting down and it's not for a week, it's now two or three weeks. And then uh, kind of the government taking a much bigger role 
in this process. So that's what. So in other words, for you, it got serious when the NBA canceled, NCAA canceled, and our president got on the TV. And, and when you're really looking at the economy as a whole, okay, um, it's not just the, the the small clusters that are inside the United States right now. We're looking at nationwide. Okay. All right. Great, Amy. Hi, talk to us about who you are, what kind of practice you have, and your thoughts on the corona. Okay. Yeah, I'm from just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in Hendersonville. Um, I run a general practice. I'm a solo practitioner, um, and I'm here to add services to my practice. So, um, yes. So, as far as corona, you know, I think at this point, you know, it's really just sitting down with our teams and, you know, having a plan for what's to come because we. We really don't know. So, I mean, we have to plan for the worst, essentially. But what do you think the worst is, then? Um, What would be the worst for you? Yeah, really shutting down for an extended amount of time. What is an extended amount of time? Um, Over two weeks. Over two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So so you're prepared mentally, economically, physically for, hey, if this takes two weeks out of my life, out of my practice life, we'll be okay? Yes. Okay. What if there's a downturn beyond that? Beyond, let's say we open back up, but there's going to be a lingering effect, right? Right. Like a part of the challenge here is, 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 well, part of what I'm seeing is, are we prepared to close down? Okay. And, and keep our practice running while we close down. And then how do we handle the downturn that will come from that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just don't know. We don't right? know. Yeah. Okay. I've never been through it. You know, this is our first... I've been in practice for eight years now. and So you haven't felt anything exactly. but good? Exactly. Okay. And what about you, Jonathan? How long have you been going at this? Uh, for 12 years. So I came out right at the, essentially, the start of the Great Recession. So, okay, I, didn't, so I didn't know anything better for those first two or three years. Okay, so you experienced the recession the first couple of years? I, I guess I can call it the recession. Okay. I just didn't know any difference, but it okay. was... People were telling me it was slow. This okay. isn't how it usually is. And you were is. an associate at the time? I was an associate at okay, the time. Okay, so you weren't an owner at the time. Correct. So you weren't paying the bills. You were paying your own bills, certainly. Right. But not paying the bills. JP, what are your thoughts on the corona? I think the biggest challenge for us is getting the getting the team prepared for what's to come. Because, look, we're all really fortunate here in this in this room. And a lot of the other dentists that we know and that we're friends with are pretty, pretty fortunate in their careers where, look, if, if things went really upside down and we were out of work for four weeks, six weeks, I don't think any of us would really feel the immediate impact. It wouldn't change our lives. It wouldn't change the outcome of our Jonathan lives. Jonathan would probably disagree with you. Maybe. Would you? I, oh, I think I'll, me personally and my family, I think we're completely fine for, okay. for four to six weeks. Yeah. You're yeah. set. Okay. Uh, yeah. But well, what about what happens exactly. to your practice for six weeks? That's where it will then start to, I, I need to take care of my team. Okay. And I, I think that's yeah. where my mindset has to be is to take care of them because okay. so for six weeks you're prepared to take care of them. I have to co- I I have to get ready. Okay, Amy. Um, that would be lengthy for yeah. me. So, All right. Yeah. I'm, but but also more than that, we have to be the leader to right. to kind of project that to our team and let them know that number one, we do have a plan in place. And even though it, it might not be the best plan, it might not be the right plan, we at least... And it might it, change. And it might change. Oh, it but will we're change. At least, yeah. it's we're fluid. at least thinking about it, and we're thinking about their well-being, but then helping to coach them through what they can do to, to be ready for this and to, you know, to get ready for it. And 
I need them to let me know where they're coming from too, right. because I know a couple of my team members in particular, look, they work be- not because they have to, they work because they like it. It's a second source of income in their family, but it's not necessarily the the primary source of income. So for those people, we may need to, to really look at specifically limiting their hours so that the other team members that need the work, absolutely okay. need it, are the ones that are there. And having frank conversations at this point, like we have to be honest with our team and they've got to be honest with us. Amy, have you talked to your team about any of this yet? I have not yet because okay. I really think things developed over the weekend, yeah. but I did block some time for tomorrow to really have a serious conversation. Jonathan, have you talked to your team I have not. I essentially came here Thursday mm. and haven't had time to do it. Okay. I luckily have a staff meeting, team, team meeting, yes. uh, <laughs> team meeting planned on Tuesday. Uh, Monday's always a light day at my office, so that's going to be on the number one agenda item. Have you talked to your team, JP? Yep, yep. I, I got everyone together on Thursday. I was out. Of, I was out. Of, well, I was out of the office. I got right. everyone together on the phone okay. and walked them through number one the patient communication that I put together to let patients know what we're doing to watch out for their well being. So we increased our cleaning schedule. We've got somebody that's dedicated to simply cleaning the office now. One of the the sterilization techs. Okay. All she's going to be doing now is basically following around whoever's working with patients and wiping surfaces down, wiping down doorknobs, wiping down the the faucets in the bathroom, letting patients see that we're actually doing this. The other thing that we're doing is we're starting to take uh, temperatures of patients as they come in, and we've informed the patients, this is what we're doing to, to make sure that we're being safe with you, cautious with our team. And then I also outline for the team what I expect from them in the, in the short term. Good. One, I expect them to show up and, and be professional at work. Let's not feed into the hysteria. Let's not feed into the, into the excitement of this. Let's be very professional with our patients. Let's be very professional with each other. And it's okay to be scared, but those are conversations we should have behind closed doors where our patients aren't hearing them. Good. And also let them know that, hey, I do have some sort of plan that I'm formulating for you. I don't know the specifics. I'm not going to commit to anything just yet. But we've got a plan, right? Right, and we'll discuss it more once I get back in the office. And I could, I could really sense that just from that quick two-minute conversation with everyone, that they felt they felt good, right? Yeah. They they really felt like at ease because there's a lot of tension about this. It's and pre- preparing for the worst, hoping for yeah. the best. You know, I, I would say the number one thing we need to do to for this coronavirus, and, and quite frankly, anything that comes up is is leadership. Okay, uh, what we need more than ever or more than anything else is just leadership. And that leadership comes in a different form for each of us. Um, but what is important is that we think ourselves about how we're going to handle worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario are a couple of things. One, a shutdown. Right. Okay, whether voluntary or forced shutdown and how long that's going to be. And then the other worst case scenario is the lingering economic effect that this will have on our practices. So we have to know that internally, and nobody can answer. You can't go to your team and say, what do we do if this happens? Because and they're looking to you for guidance at the end of the day. You're the check writer. Right. Okay? Um, and then I think that the second part of leadership has to be out front communication. Eye to eye, phone to phone. And, and eye to eye doesn't have to be in person these days. It can be via Skype or Zoom or FaceTime or any of these different communication methods and to let people know that that we understand that something's going on, that the news is always going to make it either worse than it is or better than it is. But somewhere in the middle is the reality. 
and that the reality in California is not the reality in North Carolina. The reality in Seattle, Washington is not the reality in Nashville, Tennessee. The reality in Italy is not the reality in, in Indianapolis, Indiana, right? So the reality is different places. And then um, I think we have to address the economic issues, mm-hmm. okay? We have to address whether we have them covered or not have them covered. I think it's unfair to team members to leave them in limbo. Just either up front say, unfortunately, we're not prepared to pay you if we don't work, mm-hmm. or we are prepared to pay you for a week or two weeks, and then we'll have to see right. beyond that, okay? So I, I think you have to address that up front. And I did that on Friday morning before a class with a team. I huddled them up at 8 o'clock and, and got a few words in with them, and I got texts from them saying thank you. It made me feel at ease. And I think that's really what it is. It's about calming people down. Yeah, just addressing the issue in general. Yeah. So basically, what what I'm telling people is, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We don't know what's going to happen. You can't you control what you can control, which is yourself. Okay. So some of the things that we've talked about this weekend were establishing a line of credit with your bank. Immediately call your banker, get that taken care of. Even if you don't take the money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Line of credit, the option. Set it up. Get it ready. Yeah, line of credit is like a credit card, basically, from the bank with not credit card interest rates. And that could be tied to your home. That could be tied to your practice. That could be tied to some emergency fund that the banks may have. It could be as small as $10,000, dollars $30,000, but some type of line of credit because – Look, at the end of the day, I can dip into my personal savings, but I'll dip into my line of credit with interest before I dip into my personal savings uh, because that's just how I, how I would recommend to do it and how I want to do it. Uh, the other thing we talked about is the cleanliness, you know, addressing the cleanliness and things like that. Uh, the other thing we talked about is adjusting your schedule. You know, maybe we want to shorten some of our days. Maybe we want to get rid of elective procedures. Uh, maybe we want to get rid of our patients that need simple fillings. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with that anyway. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, one of the things I thought about was, um, let's like, for example, I'm booked out five weeks, me personally, in the practice. So one of the things I thought about was getting rid of all the filling patients or restorative patients and bringing in my next five weeks worth of endo patients. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go ahead and get those endos taken care of this week because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So let's get some of that taken care of. Let's push out some of the things that truly can be pushed out and get that taken care of. Uh, so I, I think those are the basic things that we can do uh, to, to get prepared for the unknown. I think reading into the hysteria is a horrible idea. I think reading the government's going to bail us out. I mean, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but by the time they get around to actually doing it, so far out I mean, it, we're, <laughs> I mean I, it's, you know, it'll be... Too late. I mean, it won't. It won't fix the short term. And then I think the other thing I want people to do is start thinking in the back of your mind: What is my pivot if things do get worse for an extended period of time? How does my business model have to change? How does my services have to change? Uh, so I'll use me as an example. You know, right now my practice, my personal part of the practice, is mainly implants and sleep. So maybe some of that elective spending goes away. So I have to be ready and prepared to pivot back to doing restorative dentistry. Right. You know, maybe there are some extra team members, as much as I hate thinking about it, talking about it, that, you know, how is, how is that going to affect that? You know, all of these things, while I don't want to verbalize them and while, while they're not there yet, 
I want to be ahead of it mentally and thinking about those things. Yeah. All right. Any more Corona talk? I'm sure there'll be a smattering exactly. built in here. <laughs> All right, Amy, let's start with you. Okay. Amy, tell me what's, uh, what are some, so tell me, you're here for the implant class. Yes. Okay, and you've been practicing for eight years. Mm-hmm. Why eight years? Um, that, that it took me this long yeah. to get in? Yeah, so, well, I bought my comb beam about three years ago and with the intention of getting into implants right then. Um, then I merged in another practice okay. and was busy with my young kids and just really couldn't get away. So I think time was an issue. Okay, so it's just all time? Yeah. Okay. Jonathan, what about you? You've been practicing 10, 12 years now. I have. Um, I have a periodontist in my office. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like he was my safety net. Okay. That I could still keep it in-house uh, and still uh, be able to do the impl- kind of impl- keep the implants within the office itself. Um, that was probably the primary reason. The secondary reason is just there's so much that the Serona workflow, the Seric workflow... Uh, the comb beam uh, to bring on at one time. It's it's the sleep. Uh, well, first mastering Sarek, okay. second implant restorations, multiple units. Third is I for me it was sleep because that wasn't a service we were currently offering, but we had implants. Mm-hmm. And now my surgeon's getting busy because he's he's only there a couple times a month. He's booked out several months out. So this was the next transition for me to then uh, keep uh, these procedures in house. Okay, all right. So it's just a matter of timing. Okay, it's not lack of desire or fear. Necessarily. There's a little bit of fear behind it. It's yeah. uh, something I, I mean, I've never done implants, but I haven't done extractions for 12 years now. You haven't? Or not not okay. major surgical ones. Okay. The simple, the periodontally involved we did. Oh, so you take them out with a gauze? Yes, yes. <laughs> Amy, why are you laughing at that? <laughs> Amy's like, oh, that's Tennessee. <laughs> right. <In there. laughs> that's Rufus. Yes. Okay. So that, that was probably the third factor. Okay. How important was the digital workflow for you in implants? Do you think you would do implants non-guided? No. no. I think they're practicing on the models that we've done for the last week uh, or the last two weekends, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, there's a lot that goes into uh, planning an implant. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into knowing where, where your restoration is, is going to be. Uh, there's a lot that goes into the angulation to make sure you're right, and that's something I didn't want to take on. If I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it well, I'm, I'm going to do it well as as well as a surgeon's going to do it that's been doing it for 20, 15, 20 years, 25 years. What if you didn't know that you were looking for those things, though? What if you What if you just weren't aware that those were even considerations to, to take into play, and you just want to or make should a, be considerations? Or should be considerations. What if, you know? We're just trying to make a I hole in the bone and. Get the implant in there. I feel like I knew that was going to be a consideration, and I knew I wanted to do it well. Is your um, periodontist digital right now? He he does not. Okay. So while most of them are great, yeah, sure. not all of them are great, uh, and there's sometimes where I'm going to have to do but custom But they, they, they work. They work. They absolutely Yeah, so work. I want to make sure people understand that if you're off 10, 15 degrees, they work, but they're not ideal. Right. Okay. And I think that's one of the things I've seen over the last – especially in the last five or six years, we redefine what's acceptable in implant and dentistry. You know, we've upped the bar. 100%. The bar is higher. And, I, and I, if I'm going to jump into it, I always like to say I'm going to jump in with both feet. And I'm right. going to do it just as well as 
And pass the admin points. phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> designate the crown. Uh, Amy, what's been your biggest surprise in the digital workflow in, through the two weeks of training? Um, the predictability with okay. it, you know, and that's very important to me. I want as little complications as possible, right. um, you know, and that goes with the quality that, you know, we want to be at that level of an oral surgeon or a periodontist um, that we're used to sending our patients to. So um, just having technology on our side. Good. JP, any thoughts on that from, from your end? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com Check out our upcoming sessions and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, I'd like to say that I started my journey with the digital workflow in place, but but in reality, it, 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 it wasn't, right? I started placing implants... Um, after doing one of the, the continuums and, and going through the training and understanding the biology and all of that. But I entered the world when, in the days of Sarah Guide 1, right? right. So, 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 so way back then, and uh, I mean, we were milling a Sarah Guide 1 or grinding the acrylic of a Sarah Guide 1 the day that our trainer came in to train us right. how to use a cone beam. So th- there just weren't the resources available at that point. Or if there were, I wasn't aware of them and as aware of them as people could be now. So I've seen the the transition that my practice has made since we really adopted the fully digital workflow. What's happened in your practice? Like what What is from day zero to day 100 today? You know, and it's, I know it's been longer sure, than that. Sure. But what, what is, you said, people say it's changed because like Amy hasn't experienced that yet. You know, Jonathan hasn't experienced that yet to a certain degree. But what can somebody that really dives into implants leveraging technology that has a relatively mature practice what 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 do you think they can expect i've seen the biggest change in the way that we approach pretty much all phases of treatment with our patients and that and that's mainly from the team because with the workflow that we've implemented and made part of our everyday practice the team is so involved and it's up their game i mean i've got assistants now that are basically planning the implants for me 
sending an email to me saying, hey, we need your stamp of approval on this, make any changes. They're taking care of the guide fabrication, the guide ordering from the lab, whatever we're milling doing, it, milling printing it, it, printing it, getting it from the lab, ordering the supplies. They're doing all of this. And to me, the, the biggest change has just been their change in attitude. Right. They, and it has a trickle-down effect. And it absolutely has a trickle-down effect. In fact, we, we had a, a hygienist that joined the practice uh, about six months ago. She made it about two months, and she realized this wasn't for her because she saw what the assistants were expecting of her in this whole workflow. And it was great. I didn't have to have that conversation with her. It was something that the team helped to help make happen. And to me, that although I hate seeing it not work out with someone, I was, I was kind of proud that they would have that much of an impact to be able to affect the people that are in the practice so that we only have the people that, that make sense, right? And so that's been the biggest change in the, the people. The other change has been it's really affected what I'm doing in the practice. And um, since when I started implants and we were doing, you know, basically restoring a handful here every other month here yeah. there from people we're sending out till today. Today, implants probably make up the majority of my personal production in the practice, and it's something that I enjoy doing. It's something that patients come to me to get done, and it uh, that really gives me a lot of professional satisfaction too. Well, I think it moves you beyond the commodity stage, yep. you know, because at the end of the day, who in this room can't do a filling or a crown? Right, but when it comes to full arch implants, there's only two of us in this room uh, on this podcast yeah. that can do that, right? So that, that allows us to have an edge. Mm -hmm. Okay, that I think that's even more important right now. Right. If we're going to no, be hitting be our, our, some type of little dip here, I think broadening the amount of services that we can provide definitely help buffer it. Or uh, Exactly, because no matter what happens with this, this current pandemic and how it shape, shakes out, people are still going to need care. They're still going right. to need dental implants. They're still going to need to replace teeth. They're still going to be people at some point with terminal yeah. dentition yeah. at some point. And, and there's plenty of people with money. And there's plenty of people with money. And there's plenty of people that are willing to make sacrifices to have that quality of life. And there's also some give that we can do. And with the workflows that, that hmm. we're doing and we're teaching, there's a lot of flexibility, right, in our pricing and what we're able to do. So... You know, making guides in the office, making the restorations in the office, it gives us that flexibility to be flexible with patients on on what we're charging. And if things services. get worse, we're going to need to be. I remember. We're have exactly. to be. I remember in two thousand. I remember two thousand eight. What I had to do, Amy. I want to talk to you about something, uh, if you don't mind. Um, one of the things, and this is not designed to be an ad necessarily, but it's it's just one of my personality traits, is that I try to give people action items. Mm -hmm of what I need them to do. And I, I really started to come to fruition this weekend. Right. Okay, so when we met for the Digital Implant Continuum, weekend one, so it's a nine-day, three-weekend program, live patients weekend one, live patients weekend three, the digital workflow in the weekend two. And so one of the rules I established on weekend one was I want us all to commit to having five patients, right. four implants scheduled for the week, first week, in our case, the first week of May, which is the week after weekend three. And I, I'm convinced if I didn't make that establishment that most of us wouldn't have 
those patients get right. old. Right, you're probably right. <laughs> so talk to me about that for you and where yeah. you where you were, how you were able to achieve that and, how, you know, all of that. Right. I mean, you know, I've taken several courses right. here at we 3D appreciate Dentist. My kids, <laughs> my, kids, <laughs> my kids, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I just need a couple of hundred bucks a month to put some golf. But, I mean, that's one of the main things that I love about mm. 3D dentists is that you hold us accountable. Yeah. And it's easy to integrate um, these you know, skills into our practice. So having that accountability, I was able to go back into my practice mm-hmm. and, I mean, easily pick my five patients, and we had them on the book probably that first week. Okay. You mean you so. had five patients in your practice that were missing teeth? <laughs> that, right. That would let them out? No, exactly. Incredible. She's incredible. <laughs> He's down south. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, so you've got your five patients scheduled mm-hmm. for that week we get back from weekend three. Yeah. Uh, how how important do you think it was to actually plan and order your guides for your five patients right. this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, that was a huge portion of it. You know, just having our patients in for their comb beams and their digital impression already. We had them prepared. And, you know, with help planning, the actual implant is really going to give me a confidence yeah. boost when I'm actually placing them with that right. guide. And having a couple of eyes look at it and say, hey, you might not want to do this one. Exactly. Or you should do, should do this one. Or maybe this is what you should watch out on this one. And I think really that comes back to that fear and confidence that really holds us back. Right. And I think to me personally, that's why I think I, what I was the most proud from this weekend yeah. was every single person came with their patients mm-hmm. and ordered their guides. And their patients are scheduled that first week of May so we know that our our attendees are going to go back and act, you know barring all the other stuff that is going on are going to actually have everything ready right. to place their first five implants which is awesome you know and obviously then the next weekend we're going to come in and do it on the patients we provide for you mm-hmm. uh, so how important do you think the live patient is Jonathan I think it's critical yeah. I mean that's essentially if we're doing five four to five maybe yeah. more. That first weekend, the first week we get home, that's another four or five. That's ten implants in literally three or four days. Right. Um, all with the digital workflow, I think that is, is that was key. Yeah, and I and I and I keep I harped on it with you guys, and I, and I've, you've heard me before is is if you don't do this the first couple of weeks you get back, it's just not going to work. Right. Your team's going to think it's not that important to you. They're going to get in whatever habits they're in. So that's why I'm so hard on people that there's got to be an implementation plan. You can get all the education you want, but without that execution implementation plan, it's not going to work. I think there's two parts to any continuing education program. It's one, it's when you're going there and sitting in the lecture, I think you're uncomfortable trying to think about and process all of this. And then I also think it's then implementing and and the accountability um, I don't get the accountability anywhere else uh, with you guys harping on me, yeah. with text messages, um, or all the other means that we communicate. There's the accountability that's going to make sure. Has that, that been different from different education? Oh, courses? absolutely. And I'm not trying to put other. It's it's not that. Has that? Well, you've experienced it consistently right. with yes. us. So, but it's unique. Like we have everybody's cell phone number. We're on a list. There's yeah. other op- opportunities yeah. for me. It's a it's a cross country sure, flight absolutely. that I could have chosen to do. But I knew that you guys were going to hold me accountable. Um, So that's why. So for both of you that are getting ready to to go back and and do these these cases the first week of May, and you've got the time blocked, and now we have the patients, we've planned the cases, what was it like to have that conversation with the patient when you were uh, 
um, screening them and, and finding out if they were interested and ready. I, I'd, I'd like to hear that from both of you. I mean, surprisingly easy. You know, patients want to stay in our practices. You know, they, they want less amount of appointments, really, you know, Absolutely. by the time we send them out. Um, and they love and trust you. Right, yeah. So, you know, I really didn't have to say too much. Just we're Did any of them ask you how many have you done? Not at all. Did any of them okay with you be them being your quote-unquote guinea pigs? Not at all. Not an issue. Yeah. I mean, I t- I, a lot of them, it was something they probably couldn't afford. Okay. And I definitely offered them a significant sure. discount. And in sure. some cases, I'm doing it for free. Some of them I'm doing it on um, an old, uh, old assistant of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that when I, I, I said discount, the light bulb went off. Um, and that's just a, an investment. That's just it's, part of the continuing it's, education. Right. It's exactly, right. I yeah. put it into my kind of CE investment bank. Yeah. And the suit, I look, I would, I, every procedure I've added to my office, I did five to 10 of them at essentially no cost or no or, profit or cost just, just to get the workflow under my belt, just to get that taste of success, just to work through the kinks and, not one of those patients ever said, oh, uh, I, mean, I don't want to be a guinea pig. Not, not one of those patients aren't still my patients today. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's unbelievable how, to me, how easy implementation really should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, patient, how about this? Patients are not the problem for implementation. Right. We are. It's, exactly. we are. it's, it's, it's our mindset. Us. It's yeah. our mindset. And you got some teeth extracted and did some yes, bone grafting? Absolutely. Yeah. And same for you. <laughs> yep. Things that you weren't doing before. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. It makes mm-hmm. look, it makes me feel good. It makes JP feel good uh, that we're doing a good job. Well, I'd like to end on one last thing, okay, from each of us. Uh, and I'll start with Jonathan. Uh, what is your biggest challenge in your practice right now, non corona related? Uh, getting the right team members. Okay, talk to me about that. In the right in the right spot. Um we recently just uh, did a chart acquisition. Okay, so you merged? We merged a small practice. Uh, okay, and small means how many patients? Uh, I think it was probably 200 to 225. Okay, so truly small, yes. Okay. Um, we're now uh, got the, we brought a couple of days of hygiene on uh, to manage the influx of the patients. Uh, now it's getting, uh, essentially finding that right person that can do front, back, uh, that rover position that we need. So you need, my, you need a quarterback. Yes. I need my Swiss Army knife. Yeah. That's someone that could be in the front on a certain day, that someone could be in the back a certain day. Um, and it's it's a tough... What uh, does that position market. look like for you? Describe that person for me. Not the personality, but th- what they're doing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training. Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all next fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, 
With me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. What they're doing, uh, one day it could be uh, they're just back in sterilization. The next day it could be they're assisting uh, myself with uh, filling crown uh, extraction. The next day it could be working on the front doing recall, mm-hmm. getting uh, hygiene filled. The next day it could be looking at insurance claims. So this person needs to be multi- Do you have somebody in your office that would fit that role now? Uh, I have one person that can. Okay. But that, that I, I need more. I, I need more of them. I need a duplicator. Okay. So let me ask you this. <laughs> Which would be harder to find? What, what is that person that you think can? What position does that person have in your practice right now? Uh, what, what position is she mm-hmm. currently? Yes. Uh, she, I call her uh, like a front, out, uh, front office coordinator. Okay, so she's in the front right now. Correct. So what, which would be harder to find this unicorn position that you're looking for or to find a front office person? Oh, it's absolutely the finding the unicorn. Which is so that's harder, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so my I, advice I, to you would be to consider looking for the front and transfer. Correct. Yeah, transition. Uh, that's what I. That's what I essentially okay. pivoted or did my uh, t- tacking okay. and and switched my uh, post. Okay, my job, ad. my ad right. to focus now just on the front to see if I can get someone in there. Uh, and then be able to move around. So two points I'd like to make on that. Um, One is oftentimes we forget to hire or move, promote within. Okay. So always look for within because typically it's easier to find a entry level or a medium level position than to find this, this more complicated position. And number two, typically, and I'm glad you're not doing this, Jonathan. Most offices look at this rover position as the third assistant, the least qualified it, it person. It needs to be one of the most qualified right. But in, in fact, it's the quarterback It's the quarterback of the practice. Yeah, he or she is, is, is really running, coordinating things from front to back and everything. And that person needs to be maybe not the best team member, but needs to be one of the more uh, engaged team members uh, for you. So that's good. Absolutely. Amy, what about you? Yeah, so, I mean, looking back at my practice over the last five years, you know, when I first bought it, it was a large amalgam-type practice with film x-rays, so we are a completely different practice today. So, I guess grooming my team members or knowing if they are the right fit, finding the time to train them, you know, it's which tasks do they get, what do I delegate, I think that's my biggest hurdle right now in this whole so what's, it, what's so. holding you back on that? Um, I think it goes back to, you know, blocking off the time okay. and just taking the time because we're not just doing crowns and fillings basically in our sleep anymore, right. you know. So it's something different, something new that we really need to practice. And So what I'm hearing is not that necessarily you don't have the right people, right. but you're, you're somewhat concerned or you're just, you know, keep an eye on, are these people, are your people 
moving with you right as you move forward in your in your progression of your career are, are your team members you know and, and what it sounds like is they've gone from the amalgam practice to where you're at and they've made that transition pretty well yes. for the most part mm-hmm. we've had we've talked about one before right. um but for the most part they've made that transition and this is not the end of the road for you right right, right. so are those team members going to continue to make that transition right and my biggest pointer I'd give to you that we've talked about in the past is having that consistently having that conversation with your team members, mm-hmm. just what's up in life, how's life going, what's you know, how can I help you, you know, right. and getting that somewhat somewhat personal connection with them because it's amazing when you get people talking, they'll tell you things mm-hmm. that that will be like, oh, okay, right. like JP <laughs> mentioned that some of his team members don't necessarily need the money, right. Nobody volunteers that information to right. you, correct? Usually you learn that through some level of conversation, mm-hmm. and, and that's super important. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen a lot of change in your practice in the last 18 months, Amy? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like Amy's statement, uh, and I'm going to talk for her a little bit here, but um, when I first met Amy, her biggest challenge, we had a hard time figuring out her challenge, <laughs> right. number one. Took a little bit of time there. But... Um, <laughs> She wasn't money motivated necessarily. She just wanted to see less patients, but at the same time, we don't want to we don't want to make less money necessarily. We may be willing to in the short period of time, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm so proud of how much progress Amy's made. You're seeing less patients now. Absolutely. Yeah, you're yes. doing the same or more production. Yeah, about the same, about the and same. just feel so much more control. Yeah. So. And and you're taking a little bit more time off. Yeah. Yeah. So to me. <clears throat> Often we think of growth just as an economic growth. But for Amy, there's a different level of growth. Because when she slowed down her practice, that's why that's why she's ready for implants now. Right. She, wasn't, she wasn't ready 18 months ago. No. And her production is the same. But she's seeing 20% or 25% less patients. And that comes from really fundamental things like taking photographs, having conversations, giving patients a chance to say yes to the best, you know, learning to block and tackle our schedule to put prioritize the things that we like to do and to put off the things we don't like to do. So many simple things like that make such a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. Awesome. No, I'm not proud of big, you, Jonathan. <laughs> you've been a big part of it. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. you got to get past the admin phase. <laughs> JP, what's going on in your practice? Oh, man. Our biggest challenge right now is finding time to work on the practice. Um, over the last seven months, I've made a pretty pretty big transition professionally from from this multiple practice DSO orchestra that I was you know leading. establish yeah and and now paired back to one practice and and or two practices hopefully soon one practice it's really put me back clinical full time which has been awesome it's been great I didn't I didn't realize how much I missed seeing patients and taking care of patients and taking care of the team. But the downside to that is I've essentially been cleaning up the the practice and we've seen crazy levels of success and it's almost in spite of of the the lack of attention I'm giving to the business of it of the practice. Well, and it also makes you understand why private equity is all in our business because we can be mediocre and do unbelievably well. It's, it's but, great. It, but when you got back in your practice, I think the biggest eye opener for you was what in the world was going on. Exactly, exactly, and and so making the the time that I need to spend on the practice and developing my team members even more is is really a struggle right now and what's and holding you back from making that time is it me it's, it's quite <laughs> possibly you and, and, the, and the time I'm spending down here um, 
No, I, you know what it is? I, I have a hard time saying no, okay. right? I have a really hard time saying no to patient needs and can we squeeze this in? And, you know, even though I've got it blocked on my schedule that JP is not doing anything for the next three hours, I'm going to work on this system or I'm going to work on our, our note templates. Like that's been hanging over my mm -hmm. head for six months and I haven't got to it because every time that I have the time blocked, something comes up. Right, a patient needs something. A team member needs well, something. Well, something always and, comes up, and it's always going to come up. But, yeah. but it's really it's me, it, and and I don't know. Maybe this this recent uh, development here is going to help me find yeah. the time that I need to spend on the practice, and and really that's uh, that's what I think we all can do with this time that that we may have away from our practice. Let's not doom and gloom and and mope around. Agreed. Let's let's read some books. Okay. Let's, let's celebrate to some the opportunity. Right. Let's let's learn something that we can do to make our business better and our team better and our patients' lives better, because cool. there's a lot of things that we're all missing. Let's get in and organize. Let's yeah. get in and go through our supply closet. Absolutely. Let's get in and go through our charts. Let's get in and let's establish that hey, by July either this is going to be fixed or we're in the world of hurt, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's get on the recall list and call our patients. Say hey, we, we assume by July things are going to be back normal let's get you back on the books let's call some of these things let's you know let's call insurance companies and get our ar down let's get our standing claims down the people that have the money are the insurance companies let's get let's work them and get it get it taken care of let's let's learn some medical billing and and go back for the last six months that we're able to bill and get some of that done there is so there is so much opportunity of of doing our practice even when we're not seeing patients, I would argue there's as much opportunity and set yourself up to really skyrocket, regardless of what the economy around us is doing. And, and that's th there's no shortage of things to do to, to make things better in our practice. Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on. Well, I appreciate you. it. You, you made our panel look a lot better today. <laughs> Except for me. You know, you know. Right. This side of the table is struggling. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, hey, Jonathan, I do want to ask you, what was the most exciting part of this weekend for you? Non-clinical. Is it Bojangles? Was it Bojangles? Or, or is it F45? Which one, if Amy, right. which one was for you? Oh, I think it was dessert last night. Dessert! <laughs> you liked that last That's night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, the pie place. Uh, I call it the pie place. It, well, there was no yeah. pie there. There was no cake. pie on pie there. We just had cake. But. Isn't cake pie? Yeah, I, th I think they're different things. Right. Yeah. Oh, we, I, I think we were on pie. If it's a circle and it's yeah. sweet, it's a pie to me. We were on pie day. I was ready to go to a pie shop and there was no pie there. I'm sorry. I, I guess I should call it a dessertery. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for joining. Thank, thank you for you. your support. I, my kids truly do appreciate it. And JP's kids do appreciate so, well, it. Well, well, my kids will also benefit. <laughs> yeah, well, so thank absolutely. you. And JP, as always, it's always uh, I love being in business with you and, good stuff. and getting on, getting on, getting at it. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll play some golf on our time off. If we have time off, hope we don't have time off. I want to work, but, uh, I'm prepared, and I think we should all be prepared mm -hmm. for yep. for that. Take advantage of the opportunity. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. 
I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 